Come with us now, if you dare, down a rickety staircase into a dank, dark basement. What awaits the Saturday Night Freak Show? <laughs> All right, folks, welcome back to the Saturday Night Freak Show. I'm your host, Colin. I'm surrounded by a bunch of internet radio superstars, including the likes of... Brantosaurus. Rex. <laughs> Tom Sartre. Don't, don't even try. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try Sartre. Travis. <laughs> I'm not going to fucking get cartoony on this. All right. Uh, you know the drill. Tremodactyle. Oh, sorry. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking tremodactyle. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, and you know the drill. Uh, every week we uh, go around, rob, and pick a movie, watch it, talk about it. You can email us, Saturday Night Freak Show at yahoo.com. Visit us online, Saturday Night Freak Show. Blogspot.com. Find us on Facebook.com slash Saturday Night Freak Show. All of our past episodes are archived on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, Podbay FM. And this week, it was Brent's pick at the movies. What did Brent have for us tonight? Brentosaurus showed you all uh, Jurassic Park. What did you really pick, Brent? Uh, well, uh, all right. I guess it's time to come clean. It's a tale of woe. Do we, <laughs> After yeah. last week, um, I had to leave early um, uh, from the podcast, and I was going to pick uh, Beowulf in th- stunning 3D, three dimensions. Which is only available for a limited time on Netflix streaming. Holy grail of 3D movies as far as I'm concerned. Only because yeah, it's, the f- it- it's the only post-Avatar 3D movie that is yet unavailable in Blu-ray 3D, I think. The only? I don't know. The most sought after, I think. It will re- remain being sought after because Netflix pooped out and yeah it didn't work technology did it again but we had a stunning uh or a a secondary pick which also was very 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 cool in 3d um which was jurassic park in 3d and it was amazing it was my first time 65 million years in the making (laughs) it was it was yeah so yeah, I mean, what do we say about Jurassic Park? Uh, I remember that was the tagline. That was awesome. It was, for the yeah, sixty-five yeah. million, 65 years, in million years in the making. It was just cool to go back and watch it. I mean, what it came out in '93, I believe so. Yeah, and watch it in a new way that you've never seen it before. You know, I mean. Well, I saw I saw it when it came around at theaters and IMAX 3D. Yeah. So. I suppose that's the one better way to watch it than in your home theater watching the, the 3D big screen, the IMAX, because that T-Rex is... This is like one face. of the only movies it's like I saw when I was 11 and then went back and saw when I was 30. You know, it's yeah crazy to... And it still holds up. I mean, that's, I guess, the thing about it that, you know, that you get after the, you know... I mean, I haven't seen it in a while. I mean, once the 3D re-release came around. And the 3D is really well done in this. I mean, it's overseen by Steven Spielberg... Uh, we were watching a little thing where they went and tweaked a couple of shots. They added additional rain, changed the sound design a little bit. So it is a slightly different Jurassic Park than you've seen before, but uh, tonally, you know, I mean, it's in keeping with the, you know, the same. It has the same impact, I think. Uh, and it's a conversion to 3D that was overseen by Steven Spielberg. Because I know there's a bunch of people going out there going, "Why do they convert all these goddamn movies into 3D?" Because now they've done like iRobot, uh, Top Gun. Wizard of Oz, you know. Yeah, it's probably a money-making racket, but sometimes it's cool. Sometimes well, it is cool. Good. Yeah, I mean, it's like, cool to just experience it in a different way. Mm-hmm. You I, know? I've always felt that like the 3D it 
brings you into the movie that much more. You know, you suspend your disbelief that much more when you're watching this this picture with actual depth and 3D elements to it. You know, you can with the lights off, you can quickly forget that you're, you know, watching a movie, but you're there experiencing everything with these characters. Yeah, it's an enhancement. Which, yeah, yeah. To this movie, which is you don't need to see it in 3D, but it feels like it was shot in 3D. I mean, when you're watching this version of it, it's like yeah. I mean, they, they, the way that he shoots is the amount of time they must have spent on converting nine everything. Nine months, they said. Nine months. That, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I mean, Jurassic Park. For those of you who've been living under a rock, is about a uh, you know scientist develop or an industrialist develops a. Uh, park off the coast of Costa Rica that where he grows genetically enhanced dinosaurs, uh, invites a couple of scientists out and a mathematician, uh, Jeff Goldblum, uh, Sam Neill, and uh, Slash, Laura Dern. Man of leisure, <laughs> man of many talents, and one of them is trying to pick up on uh, what's her face, Laura Dern. Laura Dern. Yeah, because yeah, this is back in the Jeff Goldblum era of the early 90s. This was like the end of it, I swear. This is the end of it. Well, well now, I think that this was like his re reboot. Um, because how much... We know him from The Fly, mm-hmm. and we know him from... This. Buckaroo Banzai across the eighth. Uh, sorry, <laughs> no. What? No. That's why I'm thinking that, that this is like this is it, right? I mean, he's hand bumps because you know he was the big you know, invasion of the body snatcher, mm-hmm. fly, big chill, uh, big chill. Yeah, Silverado. Yeah, yeah. Because well, he's got a small part. I want to say the fly was the maybe the first one where he had like a decent leading role, and that made him like a bankable, you know, leading man actor. And, uh, Didn't he do some romantic comedies? I believe so. Sure. He was married to Gina Davis for a while. Yeah, and then that's when uh, he was doing the fly. But so I mean, this cover. this made him an action movie, you know, like mega, you know, what do you call it, like a blockbuster kind of yeah. star. And then he was able to he carried the Lost World, the sequel to Jurassic Park. But, you by know, himself. the biggest my biggest problem in watching Jurassic Park this time, primarily um, his his character. Here we go. His character in Jurassic Park, the first one, is totally different from his character in The Lost World. <laughs> like, he's this, you know, schmoozer, kind of ladies' man type, kind of sleazy, almost, in the first one, the one we watched. And then in The Lost World, he's just like this total, uh, he's a father figure, he's more of a, a leading man type character. And I guess, obviously, the practical reason is he has to, because he's the star of that movie. But Not him or Vince Vaughn. In well, uh, in this movie in Jurassic Park Moore. we don't but in Jurassic Park we don't see him make that arc. Well, never... I think I mean I think it's still there. I mean even though I don't care for the Lost World, I still think the reason they did that is because in this movie it's just the one discussion he has with Sam Neill where he's like, oh I love kids, you know he's got like what three divorced whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's like yeah even though he's got this you know. What 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 John Hamm and the the uh, the entrepreneur guy calls rock star like thing is, yeah he's just this cool talking dude you know, but I think underneath it you know because yeah he does you know whatever well like I said all he does is mention it he mentions how well, he likes kids that's yeah. why he even has the one when uh, when the Tyrannosaurus Rex uh, attacks and uh, and uh, Grant goes out because he knows the. Movement, the based on movement, yeah. and uh, Malcolm thinks he's gonna help. You know, he's like, "Get the kids," and yeah. You know. So I don't know. 
I think they set him up as like a big, as like a really like big like father type dude. Also, and I guess they just like fucking it, magnified it to the point of boring. In this film, <laughs> in this film, he he's on the island by himself. He doesn't. He well, you know, he doesn't have his Slide kid with solo. him. He doesn't have his girlfriend. Why do you with need him. your kid? But I mean, at a cool dinosaur. Island. In the yeah, in, in the second one, he finds himself going to rescue his girlfriend, and then his kid is a stowaway that shows up too, and then he kind of maybe that's what brings him into the leading man. You know, this kind of like He's a the man stakes. Of yeah, the stakes have raised for him. It's not just himself he has to worry about, but his child and his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. They're all out there, but touching. Touch. But we didn't watch Lost World. We watched <laughs> Jurassic Park. <laughs> Which, An independent state. That's just the Jurassic future Park. of the character. Yeah. Spoilers. Mm-hmm. So check out Lost World. Take One of the things that kind of uh, <laughs> you know, stuck out to me this time around, now because basically uh, all this stuff is old, but it's the preponderance of uh, like cutting-edge technology and even like in, in the science you know, of Jurassic Park, you got like... You know, here's how D- here's what DNA is. Here's how it works. Here's, here's how cloning works. Uh, you know, it has that helpful uh, animated s- scene, which I think like is what sticks in everybody's mind as far as like, oh, this is what you know DNA. You know, <coughs> right. yeah. this is what DNA strands are, how they work. You know, all this other stuff. Uh, the uh, the interactive CD-ROMs in the car. Uh, you know, they bring in. Um, you know, chaos theory they're talking about. You know, it's like all of these things I remember in the 90s were they like... They introduced hackers because, like... I mean, they introduced because, like, the, the girl mm-hmm. is, a like, a computer... You know, she prefers to be called a hacker. So it's kind of like, you know, children are now being hackers, too. You know, like she was, like, kind of like a... Right. A it's a movement. Yeah, in the 90s, that was all, like, really brand new, I think. And that, you know, this movie was like, we're going to... Pack the pack it to the gills with all that stuff. Well, no, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, when I was like, even yeah, like I the new sonar like, technology that they're using at the beginning, or the radar technology to like uncover the very dinosaur bones. Like you know, cloning and computers were new. And Ford Explorers, and fucking dinosaurs <laughs> attacking people. That was totally new. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, when you're dealing with a movie that is this, it's weird because it is a high tech movie. Not only. It, within the story of the film, but also with, the, I mean, it was brand new technology creating the dinosaurs. So, and old technology, classic and, well, technology. Sure, you're right. Yeah, that was there too. But that's not what was getting the people in the seats. I hate to say it, but you know, it was. Well, no, I mean, I think, I think, I think what got people in the seats was Spielberg was smart. Fucking dinosaurs on team. You put Spiel- a dinosaur in a movie theater, people are gonna go see it. That's not stop motion. Yeah, but see, right. like, the thing is, is, too, is, like, like I mean, at that time, when Jurassic Park came out, you know, I mean, I think, and I want to say, like, like, because he used, like, half puppets, half CGI, it made the dinosaurs actually look authentic and real. Whereas, like, there were some other movies that came out at the time that just used CGI dinosaurs. Like Dragonheart? <laughs> yeah. Like, fucking ass. Yeah. They, like, remember, like, I think it was Species? Was it Species? Yes. 
Carnosaur. Carnosaur. There's there's films. I can't believe well, you brought are, up Carnosaur. But those are all those That's are all inspired be, inspired by yeah. the Jurassic Park phenomenon, not yeah. species. But but the, there's films coming out today where the CG doesn't look as good as Jurassic Park. I yeah, think. Yeah, but that's what I was thinking about that. Like even watching this, styles. you know, what is it? 20, yeah. 20 odd years, twenty years old mm. as we're recording this, and I mean it's still. I mean I remember the the the, the word on the street when it came out was. You know, it's like holy shit! For the first time, we're seeing like honest to god, real looking dinosaurs in a movie. You know, with you know human people running around. Because prior to that, I think the the way that people would uh, articulate that thing. I mean, you know, you're coming from you know the Willis O'Brien kind of uh, stop motion King Kong. You know, then right. you get like the Ray Harryhausen, uh, you know, Clash of the Titans kind of that stop motion, which I like that stuff. You know, stylistically, but it's not. <laughs> It doesn't pass, you know, your eye as far as looking real. And then uh, ILM developed the Go Motion, which was uh, Dragon Slayer and some of Return of the, of the Jedi, which was uh, they would have like a computer controlled camera that you could program to like, you know, move a shot at a time. And then they'd have a, um, an animatronic creature that was also computer controlled on this by the same computer. And so the creature would move a little bit, camera would take a shot, move. So you'd have these shots that you know would pull back and push in and track which you couldn't do before with like the Ray Harryhausen stuff. Yeah, it was just I mean? a static camera. Yeah. And, and because it would you would actually the camera could expose the thing moving a little bit it would give it this motion blur which I also think was like the first time that, you know. And so I mean that was primarily I think at the time that this was made or you know right before this before Jurassic Park. I want to say that probably go motion was the cutting edge, you know, like this is how you do that kind of. You're going to do dinosaurs you do it, you know, with that kind of animation. So how much does T2 play into this where, like, using that technology... Fucking obsessed with T2. No, well, sorry, go ahead. Well, yeah, but there's... That's an inside joke. It, only because if we go back... I mean, it is, like... It's, prim- it's probably actually the abyss, I want to say. It was probably the first time yeah. that they yeah. showed yeah. some... A, Fully synthetic. The silver thing. Yeah, but it was like a, it was a <laughs> well, computer-generated. Spoilers, motherfucker! I've never seen the abyss. Don't fucking spoil what? it. No, no, this, never this, seen is, the this won't spoil it. There is a computer-generated awesome. character in that movie that interacts with, you know, the people in the shot, and you know, light shines off, and there's reflections in it, yeah. and stuff like that. It's like how the fuck I remember did they when do? I was a kid you know, seeing yeah. like a special on that, like in the abyss, this computer, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because yeah. it was all like, yeah, wow. it was fucking crazy. And then Donkey Kong Country came along. You know, I mean, it was all like, it was right in that same time when like people had discovered polygons and how to actually do texture mapping of computer models. And I think it was, you know, it was where, you know, where we're at now, where everything it, that it, you go I to mean, see is like a hundred percent like CG. But it's even crazy yeah. that I'm sure if you'd seen the DVD of uh, Jurassic Park, you've seen the. Uh, they did, uh, they did stop motion tests for mm-hmm. all right. the Velociraptors. I mean, they even thought about it. They're like, we might have to just do this. Yeah, that was yeah, that was going to be their last resort. Yeah, last wow, resort. I, can, I can't imagine it. I know. Right? It almost seemed like that was how they were planning it, right? Like they were going to do that. Like uh, if this CG stuff doesn't work out, we've got this one like fully planned out, and some sh- stuff has been shot. Yeah, you know, <laughs> just wow. in case. And then they saw the CG stuff. So yeah, I mean, it went you know Abyss, Terminator Two, and then and then Jurassic Park. But the thing I think that sells it even today is like what Tom was saying. It's like because they rely on you know these 
gigantic animatronic deals that either Stan Winston or Phil Tippett had some hand in designing or creating. <clears throat> and they the way that they shoot and edit, there are fewer shots, I think, of CG dinosaurs in the movie than your brain remembers. You know, you yeah. remember fully CG dinosaurs. But when you go back and look at it, it's like, ah, oh, that's a CG dinosaur, but that's a real one. That's a CG, that's a real one. You know, I mean, like, primarily... The big CG scenes are when you first see... The, the brachiosaurus. The brachiosaur, and then they look out like at the river, and there's like the heaven on earth dinosaur. There's like, look at those dinosaurs. Yeah. They're playing in the pond. Oh, brachiosaurus is coming out of it. And like all these dinosaurs are living happily in this little habitat together. There's like five species together in this valley. And thank That's God right. for that shot because you don't really get a lot of that. You get a lot of it. Plus it's all like kind of like heat wavy because, you know, he's he's like conveying like the distance yeah, yeah. they are. But so like sells it. Yeah, it allows yeah. for like not having to spend so much like focus <laughs> on like. How- yeah, there's always a lot of elements in between the CG dinosaurs and the camera. Like you, know, you can... Like rain or shadows or fog. Yeah, and I think that's what sells CG characters is how much your natural eye should blur things. And if things look too crisp and you can see it too clearly, it just doesn't look like somebody in the shadow correctly or somebody. Well, if my memory's right, right, I want to say the Brachiosauruses, anytime you see them, they're pretty much 100% CG. The Gallimimuses are 100% CG, but the. the Just. Oh, the big head where it's trying to eat. That's a big rubber head, right? Uh, The T-Rex is maybe like 60% CG, or maybe that's too high. Anytime you see the head, that's a puppet. Just the head. But the Velociraptors are like, they're like 90% practical, I want to say. Like, for the end of the movie, there's a couple shots where you see them walking around or jumping up on stuff. Mm -hmm. But for the rest of it, it's all like... You know, you're seeing shots of their feet, which is guys with, like, Velociraptor boots which on, you know? Which is kind of weak, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, they're like, they run like cheetah speed, except for, you know, <laughs> when they're in kitchens well, in with the kitchen, practical feet. I don't think that they have the traction that they can get, is like, that, out yeah, in the right. nature. Yeah, because, they, well, they've never dealt with, uh, with <laughs> floors yeah, or man. tile. Yeah, yeah, they fucking slip and slide all over the place, mm-hmm. man. Well, that's nice. That one gets frozen, which is actually, you could make another sequel. Because they locked that one in the oh. freezer. <laughs> whoever, whoever fucking opens that goddamn thing. Like, well, I'm going to empty out the fridge. Plus you've got <laughs> Nedry's, uh, you know, all of the uh, embryos that he stole, like, you know, buried in the mud. Yeah. I always thought there was going to do a sequel about that. I they always did. thought. They did. What? Uh, Telltale. I actually got the rights to some of Jurassic Park stuff. On oh, a video and game. The, and the Telltale video game, Jurassic Park. Follows the tale of essentially that part. Uh, maybe that's yeah, but that's probably maybe where I read about it. Maybe and it's it kind of shows like the Telltale game. Like it's actually gonna... like the like the guy who um, Nedry Newman. Well, no, it's the guy Newman. who helped. Hello, he Newman. was the doctor on the the Triceratops. Oh, uh-huh. so it follows him and his daughter, and then there's another character that's from the other side of the docks. Is it during the same and time it's frame? Du- it's during the exact during same time Jurassic frame. Park, so it's, yeah. a, it's during the same time frame as Jurassic Park, so the storm and all that. And they're kind of going to some, some of the same locations, huh. some different locations, but it's primarily following the Barbasol can. Crazy. 
Yeah. Interesting. It's cool, too, to see this, you know, it's like as an evolution of the, you know, directorial style of Steven Spielberg. You know, I'm, I'm thinking that, like, I mean, that guy obviously made Jaws, you know, awesome. Indiana it. Jones and, like, e. Jurassic e. Park. Well, E.T. is like, oh, I'm, I'm going to throw this out there. Well, except we'll for see. the modern day one when they took the guns <clears throat> out of the hands. Right, but, I mean, that, that, I'm going to throw this out there and you guys tell me if I'm right or not. But it seems like E.T.'s star has fallen in modern years. Like, I don't know if that is remembered as well as, like, the other movies I just mentioned. Like, they seem to be... kidding me, Well, man? I'm saying among our generation, we remember E.T., but, like, do the younger generations know E.T. the way they know Indiana Jones, Jaws, and Jurassic Park? Oh, I mean, those right. ones just oh. seem to all I don't know be if even that. the younger generation knows Jaws and stuff. You know, I just they don't might think be they do. in Indiana Jones. Yeah, I don't even know if they'd know Indiana Jones. Like, I can't, I can't. They'd even probably begin be falling in Jurassic Park when it got re-released a couple of years ago. It's just so hard to gauge that one, like because we have, I mean, like our generation's director of any of them, well, Zemeckis included, is Zemeckis and Spielberg. You know, okay, I'm gonna leave Zemeckis out. Cause <laughs> and Joe Dante, fucking throw no, Dante in there. I don't think so. I think ah, it's. Ah, you fucking asshole. I think it's Spielberg because he's this guy that Jerk. came along and captured our attention and imagination when we were kids, and then all throughout his career. I mean, his action and his World War II stuff aside, he has continued <laughs> to like stay in that vein. You know, he hasn't. He hasn't switched lanes. Really? With I thought I know, the, the kids I thought, fucking love. I don't know, man. They fucking I, jump on Tintin. I well, I think yeah, we, I, I think we did. Now, I'm not saying uh, that each kids? generation. I'm saying our generation. I don't like, think he has the same magic that he no. used to have. It's not like Minority Reports beloved by right. everybody. Right. Yeah. Well, it's not like all right, those ones aside, War I mean, the Horse action stuff. No, but it's almost like everything Horse, post. Think, it's does. everything post. Uh, I can't remember what the first one was, where it was like you Hook. Know, <laughs> no, it was no, because even that's fantasy cinema. It may not be successful, but it's still like that's still you can feel Steven Spielberg at work there. Uh, it was after he did was it Color Purple or Empire of the Sun, but it was like you know Steven Spielberg, the man who did Indiana Jones, the man who did you know <clears throat> all these movies in the eighties. And then all of a sudden he like went into drama, like heavy dramas. Did them well, okay. Amistad. Yeah. Then there, from there becomes Amistad, Schindler's List, you know, Lincoln, uh, War Horse. You know, it's like all these, you know, Catch Me If You Can, The Terminal. You're like, what the hell? Like, you know, he's not making. I think Jurassic Park was maybe the last time. Yeah, a fun I, romp at the movies. Yeah, that it was a fun, <laughs> yeah, fun, yeah, because I mean, the two Tom Cruise like, movies, I suppose, were a return to sci fi, but they're like a very, like, Minority Report's a bleak, you know, kind of dismal, you know, future movie. And War of the Worlds is like, Boring. it almost seems he like. directed War of the Worlds? No way. <clears throat> yeah, but it almost. Uh-uh. Yeah. yeah. You are kidding me. No, that's yeah. a Steven Spielberg film. That's, and he did okay. Munich, which is and Munich. I like, yeah, but I mean, War of the Worlds. That is the worst movie but it's in the a, world. But it, as, a, as a science fiction film, which he's, you know, known as being like, you know, he's the, you know, one of the yeah. best directors working in that field. Uh, when you get to War of the Worlds, it's like, War of the Worlds feels more like an extension of Schindler's List than it does his 80s, you know, like, fantasy cinema, even though it's a science fiction movie. You know what I mean? It feels like it's a war film. I well, think that... And more in keeping I mean, with, I like, just have later st- day preoccupations. I think well, I that Tintin... I think Tintin is... Is his try and return back to, like... 
I mean, because he he did that 3D movie at Tintin, and that's his return back to his fun romps. I mean, granted, nobody ever saw it, but... I'm going to open up a can of worms and even say Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, just because I... I, I Oh, shit. Well, yeah, okay. I feel like that's still in... Yeah, yeah I mean, quality be damned. We're saying that that is still in keeping with that right. was him trying yeah. to recapture that. And that's right. the most recent. And then, and then, and he just then, doesn't have no, it. Well, or Tintin's more recent than that. Just doesn't have it. Well, we're talking about the guy that just got the best. Did he get best director for Lincoln? I mean, that got best picture, best actor, best actor. Is that the only one I got? It was best actor. But anyhow, we I mean, we're, this, we're talking but, about yeah. a guy that is still like. <laughs> You know, no, as a craftsman, the, no, it's more than that. <clears throat> He's more than just a craftsman. That. I mean, as a filmmaker, Steven Spielberg is probably, I mean, what? What are you going to say? Like, it's either him or Martin Scorsese, right? Are the best working, like, at the top the filmmakers oh, working today. Like, if they want to do something, they can do it. So, like, nothing is off limits as far as, like, what they can, uh, everything that they can muster together to make a film and create a reality. Well, I mean, they both, I don't know. Yeah. Own their own studios. They're gonna do the fuck ever they want, probably. So they certainly can. I mean, they yeah. know what. I, I mean, I don't know. I just, I think that, like, with Jurassic Park, especially, um, that came around at a time where, anytime it's like summer out and it's raining and the wind's blowing or I'm near trees, I just think of Jurassic Park. Like, it has that, you know, that it made such a big impact on me at the time that that's something that I'll carry on. I think. E.T. did that. I think uh, Close Encounters does that. Like, every time I watch these films, you know, I mean, I get all that, like, like Sp- the, the Spielbergian, you know, mm-hmm. kind of... Spielbergian. Spiel- yeah, Spielbergian. Spiel- do you get the Spielbergian when you watch some, uh, some Munich? Well, See, that's, that, that's the later day that's, Spielberg. Those yeah. movies all have a, a consistent theme, tone, and style. I mean, I Munich and Spielberg. Lincoln feel similar to me. I think we when we watched Tintin. That felt Spielbergian. Absolutely, absolutely. Like vintage Spielbergian. Did you get it when you watched Super 8? I did, yeah. Yeah, J.J. Abrams, <laughs> he's, he's like the yeah. next big one. He well, is. yeah, because yeah. he's going yeah. after all this shit. He's going up and up Star and Trek, up and Star up. Wars, you know, like... He's, yeah. Dude, he's getting better and better. But, Mission I mean, Impossible, I that was awesome when he did that. He's a direct product of Spielberg making movies because he grew up with these films. Yeah. And now he he's in the position to be making the films. But it's just that. kind of funny that, he just like... Didn't that, lose the imagination. But, but yeah, I mean, right. well, this is also kind of what I'm saying, I guess, is that, you know, it's funny that for today, you know, today, working today, J.J. Abrams says, you know what, I want to make a Spielberg movie that feels like the Spielberg movies that I saw when I was a kid. Who's making that movie? Nobody, not even Steven Spielberg, so I'll go make it myself. And so he makes a movie that feels like, you know, yeah, like successful it. or not. I thought it did at least capture that kind no, of, no, you know, you. the Spielbergian, you know, Absolutely. feel to it. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, the Spielbergian, I mean, what it is is, all it is is you make everything come down to family. That's like what every Spielberg thing is, you know. It all comes down to just family. Not Close Encounters. Close Encounters goes the other way. He, that's a guy who throws away his entire family to pursue his dream of getting on board that fucking spaceship. I mean, he like <laughs> yeah. he has wife and kids, and he's like, I gotta. This means something. I gotta go. He he, he abandons his entire. Family. It is still Phil Spielbergian due to the sense of like wonderment and it, yeah, like due to the sense of wonderment. 
when the aliens do show up and mm-hmm. they're going doo 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 doo, you know. I'm just yeah. saying that's the magic of the, why these storytellers are considered like our best is because they take things that were like fantastic and instead of instead of looking at sci-fi through this lens of like alien invasions, you know, sci-fi horror, he's like, what if we make it about a mom and a son and a do-, you know. He's like the Stephen King of movies, or Stephen yeah. King would take, yeah, because both Stephen King and Steven Spielberg, I guess their early movies, you know, I'm thinking of sp- specifically of like Close Encounters, of Jaws, of Poltergeist. Whoops. Uh-oh. Toby. Oh, shit. <laughs> All right, so Toby he Hooper had enough to do with that, that I'm, I'm including that, yeah. okay. that, you know, at least in the writing, but <laughs> he takes these domestic situations that you can recognize as like, fam- they feel very familiar, very middle class you know, you know who these people are, and then like brings in the fucking supernatural out of nowhere, and then because you've, you know, you believe everything that you've seen up to that po- mo- moment, you kind of buy like, okay, well, I guess if that happened to me, this is how I would react to it. I believe that the character is reacting genuinely to this, like, you know, yeah, and it, supernatural menace. Especially with that early stuff, it's like it might be about family, but. A lot of times they're broken homes, you know. Yeah, I mean, E.T. E.T. is this mom that's always at work, and their kids are just running. A lot of times, well, that's still kids about family. I'm not saying thing. a perfect family. When you say something about family, it's not meaning like everything's fantastic. Yeah, it, I understand, it's, but it's, it's domestic. It is just yeah, it's, it's domestic. It's really like yeah, it's how it actually, seems more yeah, realistic when even, it's like. That. I have a fondness for Empire of the Sun, though. Like I really liked Empire of the Sun. I don't think I ever saw that. No, it's it's good. It's. It's Spielberg. It's it's World War Two, so it's obviously Spielbergian. And it's Spielbergian, but it's in a different way though. It's way different way though. It's a it's a weird World War Two movie that's actually kind of. That's what's so interesting about the guy too is like how many directors do you have that have like two separate bodies of work running parallel with Mm -hmm. each other? Well, just because he's been around, he's been working forever. I mean, it's kind of like see, I don't even know if I'd say like Scorsese has two different bodies of work. I mean, when you look at something like Hugo. You're like, wow, that's pretty gentle for a Martin Scorsese right. movie, you know? But yeah. He's just now trying to branch out, right? I mean, that's like the thing now. Like, Martin Scorsese's doing a this genre? Yeah. Well, well, I mean, the fact that he did The Departed, because that's like, that's a, a super commercial. Of a... Yeah, it's a remake. It's very commercial. It's a, you know, it's an action kind of, you know, it's meant to put asses in seats. Which seems to be like, you know, Scorsese is usually off doing like, I got to do Kundun. Okay, that's way too long ago. Well, I mean, like, <laughs> you know, but like, I have this idea of an epic gangs of New York. And, you know. The Last Temptation of Christ. Yeah, and yeah. Stuff like that. That kind of stuff. Where it's like, you know, really heavy. And but, then The Departed is more like a entertainment, you know. But I always felt like The Departed was like his Irish Goodfellas, you know, or mm-hmm. his, his cop version of, you know, like a gangster movie. Focusing more on the police force versus the... I kind of agree. I I always thought Departed was more of a Martin Scorsese heavy. Yeah. Well, he brings his, like, you know, I mean, that's the thing, I guess, that makes these guys, you know, great directors is they're able to take this kind of, you know, it's a commercial thing, and they give it, like, human weight to it, you know, and, like, complexities of... But I think they also... They're, I mean, the. I think the reason why that class of filmmaker from like, like George Lucas, Francis Ford Coppola, Martin Scorsese, Steven Spielberg, the reason why all these guys are in the same class and all awesome, is they can all. It's almost like their movies are storyboards. Did you, you, you can say Lucas? 
George Lucas. Yeah, Lucas well, he's from that same era, I guess. Uh, yeah. yeah, and like I said, a lot of those guys are from the same class, like the same graduating class. They actually class. went I to mean, UCLA. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, a lot of them. I mean, they just their movies are storyboards almost more than anything. You know, it's like it's almost like the old. It's it's like the old style of filmmaking was so related to. Uh, like Broadway, you know, they were the screenplays were more, you know, the focus and directors were kind of more boring. Set the camera up, you pointed at that guy, get the whole shot of the living room. Then when you got to these guys in the 60s and 70s, you know, you can almost watch their movies without dialogue and you get what's happening because, you know, that's why their action scenes are, especially Spielberg action scenes, you know, Zemeckis action scenes, that's why they are what the way they are because, I mean, you can, they're just, I mean, they're perfect. They're well, storyboarded I mean, perfect. Star Wars is the same way. I mean, like you could sit down. You could, well, yeah, you, that's you, why I put Lucas in the class. Like you could, you could, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I guess you're right. It's just you could take your f- two year old or three year old to a movie, and they 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 can't even you know they don't know what's going on, but yeah, well, they can I at mean, least follow the action. These are the guys that are creating the summer blockbuster. You know, I mean, this uh, before this there wasn't like that spectacle that, and the reason why it worked so well. Well, there was still. Of, I'm sorry. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, 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 around that time with Spielberg and Lucas, the the summer blockbuster was becoming something because they had both. Well, they created it. Star Wars. Then I just say no, that? it was. Or, yeah, but Jaws? it was. It was. Uh, well, you said. Yeah, well, I guess. Yeah, you said around the time that that was becoming something. It was. Uh, I want to say it was Jaws was the first movie that opened at like 1,500 screens at the same time. And so then that, the Omen, and then Star Wars, and then you're off to the races. Right, and then what you have is you have uh, a movie that is grand in scale, but it also has this awesome, great story to it, too. But I mean, you also they, they have to, the, in order to be, for it to be a summer blockbuster, and in order to put people in the seats, it has to be a family film. No. No, it has to have the shark. I think you got to be able to take your kids to this thing. you got to be able to put... Mom, well, pop, and and kid. Yeah, but you look at like I mean again, if we're gonna go back, sorry, it's on my mind. Terminator Two. Yes. I mean, that's an R-rated film that was a you know, mega budget film that brought in. But you it know, was directed at kids. Ba- basis. Well, it's because it's the it's big character fiction. was like twelve years old. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, it's fantastical. I think all that fantastical stuff usually does really well. You know, when there's monsters and creatures, that was Will Smith's whole thing. Like, I gotta be in my movies with creatures because I've noticed like creatures, ET. You know, Close Encounters. You know, it's like those are the ones that do really well at the box office because I think, you know, it is that kind of situation. Toys. It's just seeing you what you haven't toys. seen before. And it, exactly. Seeing reality. And technology like, keeps pushing that that uh, yeah. the boundary. But also, I think you've hit on it right there where, like, you don't need to necessarily even watch the fucking movie with the sound on. Where if you go back to the era of, like, Billy Wilder and, you know, uh, uh, Orson Welles or whatever... It's like those movies you have to watch with the sound on because that's where the interest is. You know, all the Cary Grants and Jimmy Stewart's, it's like you got to listen to what they're, the Marlon Brando's, you know. I mean, you have to listen to those movies to to understand. And there's very little, like, kinetic or visceral action in those films. I mean, their fight scenes are like, you know, I mean, that's like, that's the excitement of the scene was like guy punched another dude. Right. You know. It's or, all or verbal. The, con- the conversation turns like, yeah. but I knew, I knew that. What? Yeah, you know, like I can't believe that. Sparring, you know, sparring. Yeah, which is awesome. You know, yeah, I love that also. but I mean, prior to you know, prior to Spielberg, I mean, you did have like you know, spectacle as far as like you know, your Ben Hur's, 
uh, year two thousand and one. Yeah, well, those were fucking spectacular. Yeah, I mean they're huge. <laughs> they were huge. You know? I mean, but I more think, so than even today by today's standards. But with computers. those I think aren't even as commercially uh, successful as like the summer blockbuster. Just what? no. If you go back and Did, look, I think is. I still hear "Gone with the Man. Wind." Yeah, it's like one of the, adjusted for inflation. It's still in like the top. Like yeah. 15, and that's thirty nine. Yeah. Nineteen thirty nine. Maybe maybe Cleopatra's maybe one that's successful. Expensive. Maybe well, those uh, movies made money. Trust yeah. me, they did not hurt at first. <laughs> uh, they were big, well, big deals. But back in the day, they used to have to like shoot this in Africa and like get ten thousand extras. And, and it like, made money over like you know a year or two years or three years where they would do re releases and it would keep you know because it rolled out in little pockets. Where you know, yeah, no the, home the video Spielberg, <laughs> Lucas, you know, thing the the summer blockbuster thing that started in the seventies was like, we'll make a fucking truckload in the first weekend, and who cares what it does after that? It's going to go to home video by the time you get into the eighties, you know, and right. it just it it's a different kind of business. That's for sure. But even yeah. in storyboarding, as Travis was saying, it's like, you know, I mean, you got, you know, guys like Hitchcock out there doing stuff with the camera, with, you know, it, that yeah. kind of elevated. But I want to say, like, in the 70s, I mean, you had, like, you know, your French connections and your godfathers, where everybody was doing, like, these kind of the deer hunter. I mean, you were doing these kind of, like, serious, uh, you know, dramas. And those were the big movies. And then, you know, I mean, it's almost sad to say, in some ways, the the special effects laden fantasy film like mm. destroyed all that. You know, when when Star Wars came around, I mean, that was like we got to be have Star Wars every year because look at how much it just money happened, that made. right? Planet of the Apes, you know, and all that. That's what happened when you know, like when films went to sound. Hey, but all I of think them had to go. Jaws, <laughs> Jaws is a film that has both. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, you can do both. Mm-hmm. Some would argue that Star Wars has both. You know, I yeah, mean, yeah. It, 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 it doesn't. It's not Space like opera. one thing doesn't have to ruin the other thing. If you can well, only if you look at like it. you know Transformers or whatever the right. fuck. You know, yeah, it's like well, now every yeah. goddamn movie that comes out is like, you know, there are these plastic CG. You know, you're taking what well, they did in Jurassic Park and magnify. Now we well we can fucking have instead of two dinosaurs, let's have like a thousand in the screen at the same time. Somehow that makes the movie more exciting. And I'm like, yeah. I don't know, because you go back and watch Jurassic Park and it's like. That movie is still better than most of the shit that you see, you know, even now. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. And somewhere along the lines, they forgot all that, you know, what they were building on. And it seems like J.J. Abrams and uh, who's the other one? Uh, oh, who did uh, Cabin in the Woods? Uh, that was Drew Jess, Goddard Jess, Joss Whedon? Jess, yeah, that's what I'm thinking Avengers, of Joss man. Whedon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like those two, you know, Joss Whedon and... Uh, J.J. Uh, Abrams are the two that are like they have they actually learned from you know the the films that they enjoyed that they're still doing and yeah because they're like they're kid, of our they're, generation they're probably like within ten years of of us probably. right <laughs> like, yeah. You know, like, yeah they saw the same shit growing up yeah yeah yeah. so, so Jurassic, Jurassic Park, Park. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not that, we're, avo- uh, not that we're avoiding talking about what Jurassic is that? Park. It's just we've all seen Jurassic Park like a gazillion times. Right, yeah. I don't know if we really um, need plot points in this yeah, movie. because we don't we... really need to talk about plot but points. But you know who is in Jurassic Park is Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, dude, Damien. 
perhaps before he was three. Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, yeah. No, no, Samuel Jackson. I thought you said Sam Neill. Sam Neill. He oh, was Damien from uh, Omen 3. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not Samuel Jackson. Merle. I said Oops. Samuel L. Jackson, but yeah, Sam Neill is fault. the star, so that would be the logical place to go with yeah, that. Yeah, because he had a little run there where, like, that guy is, like, an odd leading man to me where it's like, it doesn't seem like he should ever have been a leading man. What? I don't know. It's just me. Where it's like because he's never lost his accent, he's just like fuck it, I'm gonna keep it. No, it's not that. It's just like I don't like he's not a guy. It seems like who could play a big a, a wide range. Okay, there's he played Merlin, so man. That that's range right there. I'm saying his acting style. He pl- probably plays Twice. Merlin like he played Grant. I mean, he like, he's Grant with a cape or a cloak. You know, I mean, yeah, but you know, he's kind of like oh, whatever. You know, but he's I like, a good actor, not like a fantastic actor. You know, he's a good actor. Yeah, he can deliver lines. Yeah, he's yep. a solid guy. Sam, I, I put Sam, I put Sam Neil in the same category as I put Dennis Quaid. I've never heard no Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid, as not Randy as Quaid. As as I put Sam Neill in the same category. I guess I'll take that. Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid, <laughs> not Randy Quaid. Dennis Quaid. But whatever. I like. I don't know. I've liked a lot of things Sam Neill's in. I really. In the Mouth of Madness. Yeah, for sure. In the Mouth of Madness. Uh, he was in the other John Carpenter movie right around the uh, Memoirs of an Invisible Man. I did not see that with Chevy Chase. <laughs> that movie Sirens with Elle McPherson, where she was naked for like the whole movie. Why am I blanking on the why film I, we watched here? Seen that movie on the podcast, uh, the space one. Oh, it was my Merlin? movie. Oh, uh, Event, Event Horizon. Event Horizon. Yeah. <laughs> where he kind of played a jerk and he went insane. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then that becomes like what he's pretty much typecast as. He seems like he's well suited for like uh, a villain role, which is kind of what makes Jurassic Park in some ways stand out. You know, I mean, he's a heroic role in In the Mouth of Madness, but he's, you know, he's kind of a, you know, he's more earthy, kind of, he's got secrets, he's a guy with, you know, he's playing his cards close to his vest, where in Jurassic Park he's a more humanistic kind of, you know, I don't know, maybe it's just because they dress him in, like, you know, primary colors in this (laughs) movie or something, I'm reading it as, like... Well, he's that, a lighter character than he's that's been his, in all these other films, you know. That's like this. I like his character in this movie specifically because um, they they right away that you know they portray him as he even says it. He's somebody that doesn't like kids or doesn't want kids or feels uncomfortable around kids. You know, he's not a father. Everything figure. a little kid even bugs him at the beginning. Yeah, and he's I got mean, the he's raptor always like, Fucking kids! <laughs> and that creepy kid. I want to see that kid. I know he's still around. He was. I think he was on My Name Is Earl. But yeah, like I swear, if, man, if I would have been prepared, man, like yeah, that kid's been on every like. That, he became a TV guy. Yeah, yeah, TV guy across the board. But then, like, he's and forced... technology. He hates technology. <laughs> Yeah, technology yeah. and kids. <laughs> but he's forced into the situation where he has both. I relate he's, to him. He's in this <laughs> high tech Ford Explorer, and he's got the kids in the in the in the truck with him. And this, you know, traumatic event happens where the dinosaur, the T Rex, is trying to eat the kids. Right? Well, the fucking T Rex right. fucking plays fucking Jesus and fucking walks on air. All right, let's get it out God on the table. God damn time. it, man! Get, yeah, I, I fucking love this movie and like. I've watched this movie so many times, but this is the first time I've ever noticed it, and it bothers the shit out of me. Uh, 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 Explain uh. it. So, like, the T-Rex <laughs> Wait, can cave. I mention something positive first, though? Yeah. Just positive. I love, I mean, that's a classic scene where you don't see the fucking... Well, number one, 
when you have the impact tremors on the water. Mm-hmm. That is like that's what I'm talking about. What made those guys better story makers is because they, without CG, without anything, they just had a boom sound and water shake, and they conveyed this fucking weight and this thing you know, coming after you, right? Yep. So then yeah. you see the missing goat, and then the chick's like, "Where's the goat?" Awesome pan, like a awesome little like pan down but tilt up, and goat leg falls right on the top of the. That's a brilliant. I mean, yeah, it's just the construction of images. I mean, that's where you know, that's where you know you're in the hand of like a master filmmaker. Dude, those guys think every every image has to be like it's gonna. It's almost like every image can't be just like here's my setup. What they do is they go, well, it's gonna start with this. But then I have to pull out, and I need to end with this. It's like they always make sure they get two shots in a pull out, or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, or at least two shots per shot in a way. Mm-hmm. Start with this, and with that. Start with this, and with that. Start with this, and with that. Mm-hmm. Start with this. Seriously, keep the end eye, keep the eye they're, interested. They're smart, smart. Yeah. They're pretty smart. Well, I mean, that is filmmaking. It's like, yeah, do something. Don't put a fucking camera up and let it, the editing be your, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's I mean, what makes movies boring, right? Stick the camera in front of the face. And... If the camera, this is going to sound pretentious. If the camera is your paintbrush, then, you know, I mean. You... Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right, so this T-Rex is coming out of this. So, uh... this t- so the T-Rex, already established that on the other side of the fence is flat land because, you know. There's where the goat shows up. So the T-Rex comes crawling out of the... He breaks through the fence, okay? Terrorizes the car, and then he flips the car over the fence. Over on the other side of the fence, where the T-Rex just walked through, is like a fucking 20-foot cliff. It is a cliff. Yeah. And, and that is like a movie tree. filmmaking. And it's like... What? Did, how did, movie filming. I don't know. I don't. Uh, this has never bothered me before, and I'm going to rationalize it, it, it away. It also bothers me. That when, there when, is a flat area. I mean, that that fence surrounds a pretty wide area. So let's say it's all flat, and then there's a gully, and then it's flat again. And the T-Rex came out here, and then like pushed the car down there. I don't know. Yeah, that may be true, except up. for they have the scene where the two are, you know, on the the uh, they're spelunking screen. down the the yeah. side of the pit, and the the truck falls and they have to dodge it by jumping out of the way and you yeah. kind of get this wider shot and yeah, it's all kind of no. like this and it's all kind of like clear and then, yeah. and then like and then like uh, Laura Dern shows up and then she's like she gets out of the car and she's like where are they at and then she goes down to the bottom like instantaneous because and you know it's instantaneous because uh, Malcolm's like hey you guys better hurry up there's a T-Rex here you gotta come and they just well, because they, that's they editing right for for time. That's time editing for time. They have because all the you time. can't, you can't, you just can't do. Yeah, you can't. Well, it's 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 just the last two times I've, I've seen it. And it's, <laughs> it's, they have to get their hiking gear and throw. They're it allowed up to do that. I actually down. think that's exciting. It. You know, yeah, that's exciting to me when a filmmaker does that because I just fucking watched. That dude climbed down that wall. Why yeah. do I want to watch her climb down that wall? Yeah, you don't need to. It's repetitive. You know that that's what you... So your mind is filling in the gaps that that's what they had to do to get down there. But we're cutting to the... What's the intention of what's going on? Because, I mean, the whole point is the character says, Hey, there's a G- van down here! Then it just cuts to the foot, like, going in front of the van. You know, well, it's yeah, uh, Alan! <laughs> Alan! <laughs> Smokers. Smokers voice. It's creating something like how many times have you seen this? And this is the first time that you notice that it's, it's, it's past two times I've seen it, and I'm just like, man, just but the, like, we- the weirdness of 
they're creating this suspenseful scene with all this action-packed stuff that suspense. that like the first time around like uh, that yeah i agree this is the first time i noticed it too but that's only because you were pointing it out and like every other time i've watched this film like <laughs> yeah. i never even thought about that because i'm along for the ride it's at that pretty, point but still, I, 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 I still like that's still whatever i gotta say it's blatant i mean now that now thank you tom i'm never gonna see yeah. this <laughs> <It's> <laughs> got the flying t-rex yeah I, I will say though like every well, time you know what they said what 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 mr dna said they fucking breed up from frogs so we <laughs> hopped <know>. up there <laughs> <laughs> hey, that, that, that must be how the T-Rex gets around the island so goddamn fast. Well, he's got man. all night. He's, like, fucking cruising. <laughs> but man, did, did any of this, like, uh, hinder your enjoyment of the Oh, movie? no. See, no. it's uh, one of those things for, where, like, for you, me, you know, effect trumps logic. As long as, I mean, that's one of those things where, like, probably they were like, you know what? People are going to think that, Dude, you know, this shit. is going to And you're like, trust me, if they're wondering about that, then we don't have them. Right. You know, that's when your movie's not working. And I mean, exactly. I, that we figured it's out, like, you know, how many times after you've seen it just means that you've, you've seen it enough to become familiar with it, and now you're kind of... It's not working the way it did the first yeah. time around, you know? Now, I, right. will, I will say, though, every time I have seen the movie, I have done the dinosaur dialogue. Oh my god! Well, real yeah, quick, I, uh, wait, 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 wait. I got to get back to my point that. because uh, <laughs> you know, do enjoy the dinosaur dialogue. It's pretty yeah. loud as Tom gave us the inner monologues. The, 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 well, that's perfect. I mean, that, that came in perfect time with the Sam Neil because my Sam Neil arc is for his character is that after he experiences this traumatic thing with these kids, like that's when he he changes as a person and then you know then he's going to take care of these kids because they're out in the they're people too in the wilderness they're people too and they're yeah and he he's the one that has to take care of them because otherwise the dinosaur is going to eat them you know i mean like he his his fatherly instincts i guess kick in at that point and i think it's cool that a traumatic experience like triggered that they just that, don't run into any other traumatic experiences. That's what the only like. Okay, this is why. Like, like. Okay, I always love this movie. I, I will always remember cool things about this movie. I always hold it as like it's a classic. But whenever I go back and watch it, it falls short to me. Just, just up. Just upon rewatching, like I said, I'll always be like, it's a great movie, and the images, and the da 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 da. But I gotta say, man. I think, like, that's all that happens. And then they're perfectly safe. They're the ones that are... They're the ones that are, like, lost on the dinosaur island. And the people that are in the control room are having, like... Yeah, they're in more danger. <laughs> back to the visitor center and the fucking raptors are fucking running around. But that's what I'm saying. The visitor center is more dangerous than the fucking wild dinosaur <laughs> island. It's, it's just, like... And I'm sure it's because, you know... They're dealing with money. Hey, we got like, uh, man, we got a T Rex chase. Uh, we got a a herd of uh, Gallimimus chase. Uh, Actually, I noticed <laughs> there in that in that final sequence, there was a lot of times where they were cutting away from. You know, they're on the phone and the Raptors coming through the door, and there's gunshots and there's an action thing happening there that you don't see. There was a couple times. Uh, where they did, I can't remember if it was in the uh, actual visitor, visitor center, wherever the dining area with the fucking flea circus and the, the ice cream. Yeah, where yeah. There sad, was a, sad story of the rich, rich guy. There was a couple of shots where there was like a close-up of a gun on the ground or like somebody fell out of a frame. You know, it's like, they. it was almost like 
we're implying that there's action by not having to show much. And right. it happens a lot more toward the end of the movie than it does at the beginning of the movie. And I'm sure they didn't shoot it in sequence, but it gives the impression that, like, you run out of money to show your dinosaurs here at the end? You know, and maybe it happens too fast that nobody, you know, is even seeing this. But it was kind of like, during the... Uh, during the raptor chase, I think he, the, one of the raptors chases the kid into the freezer and slips and slides. And just the way that they shot that, with like close-ups on the floor and things sliding, it's like you didn't actually see the thing. You know, there was like a shot of a puppet head crashing into a you know uh, uh, yeah. shelf. But that was really all that they had. You, <laughs> you see know, like the like, shot of the raptor legs as they're running, but you don't see the full dinosaur. I will, I will, yeah, I will, I will and that kind of makes it seem like, you know, it... I don't know. They're cutting corners. It's it's in, there's action being implied, and it's all exciting through the editing. But you're like, what am I actually looking at here? It's a close up of a gun on the floor, and then like the camera pans in. <laughs> Which on it, okay, you know? I had to. I'm fucking so upset with Spielberg. Like this makes no sense to me. Why they edited out in the original theatrical cut when it shoot when it when it goes to the close up of the gun on the floor, there's smoke coming out of the gun shell. Because, you know, it's it's sticking out of the chamber or whatever. Like, you know, the dude shot whatever remaining shells were and threw the gun down. So in the theatrical version, there's there's smoke or whatever. And they cut that out of this. It's like... I'm just wondering if that's maybe something that happened in It's the... just too violent. Spielberg's one of those people that turned all crazy about, Yeah, but about, I can't like, imagine that smoke kind of out of a gun. I mean, you've heard the gun well, shot. Well, obviously, that's why it's fucking insane that they, like, edited yeah. out, like... Well, let's cut down on the violence. Well, by... it could be less nefarious. It could be like an oversight as far as I mean, we just watched Amityville 3D but, where they left out less a nefarious. Fucking, they left out a, a 3D fly. I'm like, why the fuck is that not there? Like, when because they said in the yeah. making of thing that when they were putting this together, they had to recomposite a bunch of shit. I'm wondering if that's like an element that maybe got. Yeah, but like, we're talking about up. a guy that like took guns out of cops' hands and put radios in their hands in E.T. E. So I'm going to bet that he wanted to get rid of the smoke because it just... That's why, whatever, they hear it, but, oh, we don't want to see anything. Oh, they'll corrupt their little mind. We need answers, damn it. I, yeah, there you go. I don't need any. I'm pretty <laughs> sure. One thing that always bothers Anyway, me I just wanted to bring that up. Bullshit. Was, um, you know, the lack of variety on dinosaurs and... The the emphasis, yeah. the specific emphasis on the Velociraptor, which like as a kid, I like I was a dinosaur fan. I had never heard of a goddamn Velociraptor in my entire fucking life. Maybe and that's fucking, why it was such a focus. In and the then movie. like all they of a needed sudden, a character for you to be, you know, because like T Rex was going to be everybody's bad guy. They needed a human character to relate to, so they had they had Grant like specifically. Interested in this raptor character, you know. Well, it's just treated the, like it's the most dangerous of the. This is the most. This is the bee's knees. or something. It had a different name. Well, and they needed a, a, a dinosaur that they could take liberties with, like opening doors. Yeah, you know? and they I could mean, fit inside buildings and stuff. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, but I, I like I had remembered like I had never heard of like a velociraptor before. And then, like, Jurassic Park shows up and, like, Velociraptors! You didn't ever like, read the book, did you? The Michael no, Crichton? No. Was Velociraptors, like, I don't know, that's there? why I was wondering if it and was... Like, if that's where like, that comes from. There's Velociraptors, like, everywhere in our movies! There's Velociraptors, are like, the most terrifying, evilest dinosaur out there! If anything, Spielberg gave the Velociraptor its big break. Right, yeah. Not right. all, but, yeah, you know... 
T-Rex has been in the limelight for many years. That's right. Now there's like raptor shoes. I don't know. <laughs> T-Rex. He's been, now there's raptor Jesus. <laughs> raptor Jesus. And, well, of course there is. Whatever you can do for dinosaurs. You right. Know. Yeah. The Jurassic. Now there's a Jurassic World on the way. I hear Sting's a big dra- or dinosaur fan. Wow. And walking with dinosaurs 3D. That looks oh, man. awesome. <laughs> I am not yeah. going to miss that. I am there. Is that I like a fictional there. thing or like what is it? Like a documentary? Well, it's just like one of, of those, like, I don't know. Do you remember? Those, well, did you ever watch Walking with Dinosaurs? Yeah, the BBC the stuff. The BBC mm-hmm. stuff? Oh, that was it's great. just that was whatever. Great. You just watch dinosaurs do stuff. Yeah. It's cool. It's like a nature show. <laughs> yeah. yeah did you ever watch Dino? I think it's called Dinotasia or Dinotopia. And it's hosted by Varda Herzog. Yeah. She comes out of her egg and goes into the world. (laughs) No, man, no, no, I think you're wrong on the Dinotopia. Varda Herzog. I never finished it. It was a goddamn ABC show. (laughs) Oh, shit. It was fucking fucking terrible. Oh, was that the one with the family? Yeah, fuck yeah. It was like the family. It was like the world of dinosaurs (laughs) and everybody lived happy. Oh, man, it was fucking awful. I was just saying it was one of those. I was just saying it's in that genre of, you know. Dinosaurs have their own cachet. Yeah. Where just dinosaurs themselves are Fuck magic. It's it. alive, <laughs> No, every dinosaur movie, this is like why this movie's awesome, is because every dinosaur movie in the 80s up to this point, it was always about dinosaurs like extinction. So we have to go find like some land where we could eat Motherfucking shit. Land and they're still, time. even though one doesn't exist because we know they're extinct. So <laughs> it's like this make believe fictional story of like, no, there's still a place, man. Yeah. Where we can this eat food. Plateau. And what? it's a journey. These dinosaurs are going to go on a journey. Oh yeah. 65 million years. <laughs> in the and they go through a portal and they end up in the future. No, I don't Whatever. Know. Yeah, that'd be better. <laughs> but walking with dinosaurs looks amazing. Anyway, <laughs> did did they uh, did they do Journey to the Center of the Earth? Can you get that in like real D three D? Oh my god, that movie's horrible. I but think they did reissue. The three D is awesome. The three yeah. D is awesome, but that movie is horrible. Yeah, it's, it's horrible. There's but like five got, people in the whole movie. There's probably, no extras in the whole movie. It is probably cool if you're like ten, but yeah, if you're if you're over ten, it gets it's pretty tough to watch. But it's right? awesome three D. I believe so. Yeah. I, I I am curious to see because of how good the three D was because that is a movie. That is not afraid to be yeah, like no, in yeah. your face. Like that's the only good thing about it. Yeah. But I, I was kind of curious to see uh, the part two, Journey Two. Uh, yeah, see, yeah, with the Rock. Yeah, with, with the, the rock. rock. Is that what that was? It's a sequel. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But Damn. you know, it's one of those buyer beware things. <laughs> also, like Super 3D. Yeah, I think they did reissue on Blu-ray 3D. I think they yeah. have. I know they put it out in like the red and blue or whatever. Purple and green. Glass yeah, well, one. that's the way I first saw it on Blu-ray, and it was amazing. Like, I want to see Return just with the red and blue. The, see oh, what? Land Before Time. Littlefoot come back. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so uh, it's a long I mean, history of dinosaur movies. I mean, did, well, did we touch on the fact that did, did Jurassic the, the Jurassic Park, <laughs> 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 the Jurassic Park, like reignite this? Uh, I guess you know. Flame for dinosaurs no, in, yeah. in Hollywood. No, I uh, no, I maybe dinosaur well, TV shows. Ninety three. I mean, yeah, but, but there was just the history ABC movie or no the Disney movie dinosaurs. Remember? Right, I mean, like yeah. there was dinosaurs everywhere. Carnosaur. I mean, it was like everywhere. There was the Godzilla remake. I mean, that was obviously after the end of the Lost World, where you saw 
you know, the dinosaurs in the city. And, yeah. yeah. Even new Godzilla's yeah. babies look like raptors. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, but that's just, just because like, movies are fucking stupid. <laughs> I, well, I think it's also, you know, it's just like now we can do this stuff, you yeah. know, in, you know, realistic CG. They're boom, like, who dinosaurs. needs stories? Everybody loves dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Gumball, for God's sakes. You guys ever watch Gumball? All right, never mind. It's, oh. <laughs> what? Open the door. Is that on the, on the BBC? Walk the dinosaur. Everybody walk the dinosaur. It's a Cartoon Network show, but one of their their main characters is a T-Rex. Mm. That's fantastic. I got to tell you, the it's most fantastic. genius thing I've ever heard in my life is a kid show called The Dinosaur Train. That's right. <laughs> Multi-million dollar idea thought up by some guy. Trains and dinosaurs, two things that every childhood boy loves to death. That is amazing. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's Boys an amazing idea. Now, if you can make dinosaur pirates on a train. Dinosaur you'd pirates. You'd <laughs> be, be set. But, so, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I've always liked how Jurassic Park is like a Frankenstein story. You know, it is Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. It, you know, that's what Malcolm is. Malcolm's the voice of reason. Like, man, you can't just come around, like, fucking around with cloning shit and not think it's going to come back to... Yeah, your creation is going to eventually, like, you know, come back and, and bite you. After yeah. Jesus. Uh, also, the movie is written by, or it's based on a book by Michael Crichton. Crichton is a, uh, he's an author. He's been writing a bunch of stuff, I mean, through the years. Andromeda Strain, Coma. He wrote the screenplay to Twister. I want to say, like, Disclosure, Red Sun. I mean, he's... Congo. Uh, and Congo. Yeah, because that was another, like, after Jurassic <laughs> Park, what's Michael Crichton written? Let's, Congo. Let's, yeah, obviously, the he's fuck? in a... Congo's like, huh. Monkeys? Yeah. Huh? Okay. But he uh, he was a doctor before, or he was a doctor, I think, before he became a... I'm a doctor. A, uh, I'll write a novel. Damn before it. he became a novelist. Yeah, because so. he did all of the ER stuff. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, it was a Michael Crichton thing. So he had, like, a kind of a... Which I guess makes his stuff you know interesting from that perspective. I don't know if you didn't know it. Would it matter? I don't know, but... Yeah, medical explains all the dino DNA. Dino DNA. Yep. Yep. So there you go. So that's Jurassic Park. Wrap ups. <laughs> oh. oh yeah. Uh, well, uh, Jurassic Park is probably. I mean, it's it's probably like top ten movies of all time. Favorite. I mean, the original Jurassic Park is. As a kid, man, I, I love. I fucking love dinosaurs, man. T-Rex was just, like, awesome. I had Jurassic Park, like... What'd you guys do? Lunch pails. And, and, you guys uh, used to hang out. Hell yeah, man. T-Rex. Me and T-Rex. Me and T-Rex. <laughs> I had a T-Rex toy. He went with me everywhere when I was a kid, man. Yes. Fucking... I knew that kid. I, I, I knew Tom. That kid, you know? Yeah. I mean, the kid that knew everything about dinosaurs and jets. Yeah. Yeah. Like that was, you know. Yeah, jets too, man. Yeah. That was all about jets, fighter jets. Yeah, like dinosaur fucking jets. F-15s and fucking dinosaurs riding no, jets. Not on trains. Oh, <laughs> yeah, awesome, man. Boom. No, I mean, I saw it multiple times when it first came out, and um. Yeah, I, mean, I watched it when it re- got re-released in IMAX 3D, and it's just a phenomenal movie. If you haven't seen it, you gotta check it out. It's all fucking awesome. Awesome. I should someday maybe I'll get around and write my own commentary track of. Let's emphasize. Yeah, the uh, <laughs> Tom has at his house a script of Jurassic Park with all like the dinosaur dialogue, <laughs> like actual dialogue for the dinosaurs. <laughs> Yeah, I need to. It exists. I'm, I'm, I'm certain I need of to it. actually. Just, 
com- commit to doing that. <laughs> <laughs> you committed tonight. What are you talking about? Do Every time title. the dinosaur like made a noise, you had another dialogue sound for it. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, that's in my mind. That's what's going on. That's what they're they, they're thinking. They got the expressions, and they're always doing something. I'd like to see like the world through your mind sometime. Can, can we work that out? <laughs> It'd be a frightening, frightening, it's a frightening place. Oh, can't we of sync up like Pacific Rim? We can sync up and we can. <laughs> All right, the drift. Yeah, the drift. Uh, you don't want to drift with me. <laughs> so, uh, I always liked Jurassic Park. My brother was one of those dinosaur guys you're talking about. My brother's one of those guys that knew everything about dinosaurs. You know, shit, years before Jurassic Park came out. So when it came out, he was the dude that was, like, correcting the movie for me. And, like, he read the original book and, like, told me. What the fuck's your fucking velociraptor? He's like, velociraptors aren't that big. They're actually, they are, like, when that kid says it's like a giant turkey, in a way, he's almost right. Velociraptor was almost as big as, like, a giant turkey. (laughs) It really wasn't that much bigger. But for a movie, you know. It's much like much like the the hopping floating T Rex, you know. A movie's gonna make something. They're like, fuck it, make it six feet, yeah. you know. And uh, I mean, I always like this movie, but uh, I don't know. The more and more I watch it, I just feel like I, the family the family story. Like, man, it kills me because it's like. The movies are good because they have a family-oriented story, but they they make it too much. Instead of making it the subtext, they make it kind of the plot in a way. You know, it's just like fuck, man. Where's the you know? I thought this was subtext. <laughs> you know, it's not supposed to be like the solution of the movie. Like the final look at the end of the movie is, I'm okay with kids now. <laughs> you know, I mean that's the end of the movie. <laughs> not we survived dinosaurs. But I'm a, I took care of these kids. I that's might like arc. to have some kids. That's the arc. But that's just like that's jumping the shark to me. I like came here for dinosaur. Wahoo, dinosaur island. So you, you know, your, your last shot is with the well, because like I said, yeah, like I said, I think the opening. The I mean, the, the, I give you carnosaur. The first half of this movie is fucking brilliant because it's all about. I mean, just the just the the dude coming there being like, man, I'm gonna like fund you guys for the next three years. Just come check out my dinosaur island. He needs their review to be great and all that. And and uh, man, just uh, you get to the point where they check out the island. The electricity goes out. The Tyrannosaurus attacks. And I mean, in that movie, just like. It stops there because nobody else can be in trouble. <laughs> you know, I mean, everybody else has to survive to make it through except for Ray. So you no longer get, like, the suspense of, like, running from the T-Rex and getting out of the tree doesn't happen again for the rest of the movie, actually being out on the dinosaur island, you know, which I think is kind of, like, wasted. It's kind of wasted opportunity, really. I mean... Yeah, but don't you, again, get the suspense, like, I mean... In the kitchen fight? No, I don't, because, like, I don't know, I just don't, because you're dealing with, like, they're running away from, they're running after two kids, where, like, in a realistic world of these hunters that run, like, cheetahs and whatever, two kids should not be able to just, like, run away from these things, 
like as quick. I mean, they slowed it down for action for us to see the action and whatnot. I just think this well, movie slows down a lot to the by the end. There's some things that don't make sense, like you know, to turn the power back on, you have to. Like, what, going through the raptor cage? <laughs> like, why did we build the raptor cage around the uh, the place we need to... The fences were out. You know, but yeah, okay, the fences were out. But then also, there's like a pathway, but there's like tree trunks and shit in the way. It's like, how is this the pathway to this installation? With all this debris, it's like, I just like... It's a hurricane. This place is pretty Yeah, there's a hurricane. <laughs> it was a So, you know, and I think, like, like what we were talking about earlier about what made these guys awesome, uh, like, awesome filmmakers about being able to tell a story through pictures, I think in the end is also these filmmakers, like, undoing in a way because they're starting to run out of, like, the good ideas. <laughs> I mean, they, they still have the ideas of how to, like, Oh man, this will swoop down and they'll do that and they'll do that, but then they're like, Well, what do we wrap it up in? Uh Aliens attack and the guy separated from his family. <laughs> that's like that's just like every movie nowadays because they just figure we can only get people interested in if they feel like they got something they can relate to. These are only people watching these movies don't live interesting lives, so they can only relate to uninteresting things so let's like make a movie about a fantastic thing but then fill it with an uninteresting thing that anybody can experience in their life instead of you know uh, so I think I can't relate to dinosaurs eating people exactly know? but that's why the movie should be about that and you could go have kids you yeah. can go love kids that is not like alien to you I mean yeah it could be alien to you if you haven't experienced it so yeah that could be a thing you know but that's the identifying thing in the film. That. But why do I have to identify? Why do I have to identify with him? It's cool enough that we're going to a dinosaur island. They've got a reason for these guys to go to a di- dinosaur island. I even get the idea that they're having the conversation about the kids, and I even get that. I'm just talking about the fact that by the end of the movie, that is like your. It's I think just identifying with characters is like movie making 101. Yeah, but how you identify with characters is fucking arguable. I agree. You can identify <laughs> with being scared in a traumatic and dangerous situation, and the the only thing that like carries you through that is this arc of a character learning something, or being better for having gone through the experience. That's the, that's the you know now I like kids. That's the hook, and maybe in this film maybe it was too too shallow or too at face value for you. It wasn't. You know, maybe they didn't early on. They didn't. Well, it, it's it's actually enough because okay, he has his Velociraptor uh, thing he carries around and torments kids with. It's a, it's enough <laughs> that when he I when want to see a movie that's just him tormenting. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's enough that when he saves the kids and they go up in the tree, it's enough that he throws it away, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, well, that's a double meaning, right? Because that's saying, hey, you know. I'm holding on to this because the world of dinosaurs is always at a distance, but now it's not. But then at the same time, so well, I, I, yeah. I, 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 know, I know, I like until you just said this. I only saw the one meeting, which like, was I only saw like the 
the this is a fossil of extinct dinosaurs, and that's why I'm holding on to it. But since the fucking yeah, but it's because alive, it happens at that moment. I think yeah, 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 yeah. It's him letting but down his guard. I, I think maybe I'm the, okay. Let me let me try it because I'm going to give you a couple examples here just to probe this a little bit further. Uh, I think maybe you're onto something that the idea of children. I'm trying to work this out. If like you know, it's like the fact that he doesn't like children. Him and Ellie don't. They dig up old dinosaurs, and you know. And then they have like these ideas, but they they don't have kids, and he's got to get to learn these kids. And it, I'm trying to figure out how that ties into the overall theme of the movie. Whereas a movie like Aliens, which we were talking about outside earlier, I think you know the idea of motherhood is not tacked into that movie because it's entwined, it's ingrained in it in its DNA. That movie is about like motherhood. Ripley's lost a daughter. Newt becomes like a surrogate daughter. Then you got the alien queen, and she's the mother of all of these. I mean, it's like you can't get away from it. It's like yeah. there's a very feminine, like motherly presence in everything that's going on in that movie. Um, that, but on the flip side of all of this, it's like, okay, well, that's where, you know, if we say aliens is where the, the theme of children and, you know, this character coming along to this thing is in, ingrained in it. <clears throat> uh, and Jurassic Park like adds that layer to a character so that you can relate to him. The flip side of that is like Mad Max, where he doesn't need like any kind of like real character. I mean, he's a man who's defined by his actions, mm-hmm. which is, I guess, what it sounds like. What you're saying, you wish Doctor Grant was it's like. I don't need you know him to have this well, thing for I just his kids. I want him to be defined by I just how don't he need reacts. A dr- to I'm just saying, like after years and years of watching and rewatching and rewatching. I mean, that is like my weakest point of all these Spielberg type movies is the fact that that they get you there with like a fantasy like like pre, like overtones, mm. but then they drill this family like thing into you. And it's like sometimes it's sweet, sometimes it's like whatever, but then sometimes it's just like, man, we could have squeezed a little bit more dinosaur action in here. <laughs> and, you know, and then same thing, same thing with you go to the we're going back to the lost world. I got to save my girlfriend. What? Our daughter came along. Oh, boy. You know, it's yeah, just but, like, Jesus. That does seem cool. more contrived. But it, see, it seems more contrived to me than, than what's this. in the first. Well, because this, yeah, this makes sense. <laughs> it's just he's not even taking care of his own kids. or It's just like, but yeah, that's just it's just like, oh, my God. I can't, so every Jurassic Park movie is not going to be about dinosaur islands. But it's gonna be. It's like, what about? Yeah, oh, man. <laughs> but see, to me, I think, I think if you if you have a movie that's all about dinosaurs and you don't have the family aspect, then it just becomes some cheesy sci-fi flick like Carnosaur. Yeah, I mean, I suppose that there's. I, I mean, mean, like, like you have to have the had, family aspect to make it a block. But they had character moments. They had character moments. They just didn't need to like try to wrap it up and tie it up all nice like that was like the theme of the movie or something. Could, it, could it, a little bit of it be the fact that it was 1993 and this was new, still new technology and maybe they just no. didn't have the... <laughs> like if you want to see more dinosaur action, maybe they just couldn't pull well, it Well, you look at The Lost World, there's a lot more dinosaur action, you know, because the technology improved. To the yeah, but I'm sure it's just trying to make it's just trying to make like a run of the mill, and that's why at the, at the end of the day, this is like the end of my wrap up. I guess at the end of the day, what is an amazing movie because the special effects is boring because it's not like pushing for something greater than just being this like 
blue collar like family movie. It doesn't push for anything greater. Where they got a lot of good stuff in it. I bet the book's awesome. There's a lot of like like I mean there's a lot of layers to like like the entrepreneur guy. I mean that's why he's got like his one line about his flea circus and he mentions, oh it's very expensive, you know, and then you got Malcolm that talks about how scientists just think about whether they can do uh, an ex- you know science instead of if they should if it's you know right or wrong you know so there's layers to this movie but for some reason that's not the focus of this movie it's this like kids thing so that like that's why thing, it just falls well yeah but that's what I'm saying that's, like, I, that's where I was almost like trying to figure out is there a way to work like that in yeah. the theme where it's like, if it is a Frankenstein thing where, like, you know, Frankenstein creates a kid without, like, procreation, that's kind of what's happening here, right? Where it's the idea of, like, I can make these dinosaurs. They are, like, somehow a, a child and offspring. Uh, it's like you can too, make a father yeah. <laughs> by placing a man in, like, a responsible position. I don't know. Well, <laughs> I can't even... Actually, it's... It, wait, it's coming in a little bit more because John Hammond <laughs> is there for all the births of his is the dinosaurs. He is the father of the dinosaurs, right? Right? As long as we got right. that, there's some way to connect the rest of this into like a theme. Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't know. But whatever. That's why robots robots and families and like that's my problem with T two, Jurassic Park. That's my problem with a lot of like the cool you know, they need money to make these movies, so they make it for the broadest audience and they 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 try to cater to the lowest you know, denominator, and that's what you get. You get half a good movie. So, yeah, half a good movie. You've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I don't know. Jurassic Park, I think, actually, I was probably, when I saw the movie back in 93, I was more on, uh, you know, the side of the fence where Travis is at right now, believe it or not, where I was kind of like, this is, you know, Halfway, at least, you know, all that build-up is very intriguing. The, the first attack, you know, all that night stuff is, like, fucking epic, awesome, you know, like, suspense filmmaking. Everything is perfect. It's perfect. It's flawless. You know, it's like, this is amazing. And then after that, it does seem to kind of ru- run out of steam. This is how it felt like in the, you know, in the, in the past. They <clears throat> kind of buried their lead on the whole ending of the movie. Yeah, but, I mean, watching it now, it's like, you know... There's a lot of good stuff in the uh, ending, you know, that I think, I think, you know, I think I was too hard on it when I first saw it. You don't realize that a thing is a classic necessarily when you first see the movie. It's like, well, this is this year's action film. Yeah, it's a big dinosaur deal, you know, whatever. And years goes on and you watch it again and you're like, God damn, you know, it's like this movie is well put together and there's like very few things that seem to be that well regarded, you know, 20 years on. You know, it's like, this is a legitimate fucking, you know, movie classic. I mean, yeah. it, that's why it almost, you know, I was making that comparison to like, you know, it's almost, it's almost like a, a kind of a, an echo, if you look at Steven Spielberg's career of like Jaws. You know, I'm like, I'm leaving out Indiana Jones, I'm leaving out E.T., I'm leaving out like all the other blockbusters in his, his career, because it feels like those two movies are very closely Jaws and Jurassic Park seem very similar to me. Uh, I don't know if it's because they're a little bit like, not necessarily horror, but, you know, it's that kind of, they're scary. They're scary movies, right? I mean, they have that those moments of, you know. And so, 
I don't know. That, that that's interesting to me. I guess over uh, you know looking at it now, it's like man, that that movie is like a a legitimate goddamn like classic <laughs> classic film. It is. I mean, yeah. and, you know, and you look at the people who are in it, and like you know all the the performances that they do are like you know. I mean, there's there's the I think, you know, the, the writing is, it layers in enough character elements so that, you know, they're each in, interesting individual people. Uh, the photography, I thought, was like, you know, ex- precise. Not <clears throat> Dean Cundy. Yeah, Dean Cundy. It's, uh, you know, I'm a big, huge John Carpenter fan, and he's the guy who basically, I think, you know, those early John Carpenter movies that I love, Dean Cundy is the reason why almost almost equally to Carpenter in some ways because he controlled the look of them you know it's like and this is the same guy who worked with uh, Robert Zemeckis I want to say he shot uh, Romancing the Stone <clears throat> and uh, Back to the Future and then you know yeah I think everything up until uh, Forrest Gump was it yeah I've never seen Romancing the Stone just check it and out and that it's a pretty good movie and, uh, <clears throat> you know, I mean, you got this amazing score by John Williams that I seem to hear every Independence Day. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's just like it still lives on 20-odd years later. It's like, you know, it's one of those, you know, you don't really hear the theme from Schindler's List going around. I mean, it's a memorable, too. If you heard it again, you'd recognize it. But I dare you to, you know, pull it out of your brain right now. Whereas Jurassic Park, you can probably hear, you know, in your mind. Uh, it's just one of those things. I mean, you know, you it's got like my wake up music, <clears throat> like get you going, get you pumped. I, I totally buy that. Uh, yeah. I mean, you're just looking at a bunch of people working at the peak of their powers. I mean, is that something that you don't expect from Spielberg? Every movie seems to be working very strong, but I think to me, uh, maybe it's like, you know, the jaws and Jurassic park resonate, uh, not maybe more than Indiana Jones, but at least, you know, like, they're very strong films in his whole uh, career. So that's a recommendation. Thumbs up. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, uh, for me, uh, Jurassic Park, I think, for my, when I first saw it and first, oh, we can have I, a question. Can I, can I, question. can I, can I like interject before you, before you do your wrap-up, I want to, want to throw out something. Absolutely. Like, I mean, because you got denied Beowulf, do you feel that this was a better choice, or are you still like, man, I'm fucking kind of bummed about Beowulf? Though. No, yeah, I mean, I, I had my choice. I, I knew I wanted to watch a 3D movie tonight, and uh, Colin has an array of 3D movies, and I, I made my choice still. You know, I mean, it was still my choice, and this is a film that I have always, always, always loved. Um and I would go as far as to say for myself, and this is only me, this is like, and I know Jaws is like the blockbuster movie, you know, that started it all. But The best movie. for And it is. It's Jaws, Jaws is up there, you know. <laughs> it is. It, it's it, like it, the it's, best uh, movie ever made. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jaws is pretty pretty close to the top of the, that list. Dude, pretty. it is. <laughs> but I thought about this. Hard <laughs> Jaws. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I can't wait for that podcast. Um, it's coming. It's gonna. It's gonna be there. Jurassic Park is for me like that's my blockbuster movie. You know, I mean that's something that I saw, and I don't know if it was the first time I saw it or maybe it was 
upon you know the dozens of viewings that we've all had since i'm sure um but you see these moments in it that are uh it's it's a film that is almost like it's like almost like it has an audience like it's 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 what do I want to say? It's mugging to the audience at times. You know, I mean. Well, those dinosaurs are totally mugging to the audience. You, well, you have like the like at the end, you have the T Rex, who's you know does the roar at the very end. Yeah, the, I'm the, the star kid. Of this movie. The kid, as soon as like when when he like finishes his little like, you know, he cuts your belly here and he's eating or you're alive when he's eating you. He walks away and the kid turns. And like he he turns into the camera that way it is like an audience to character moment that it's yeah. it's a moment There's in time so... yeah. that doesn't exist to the other characters that's for the audience to like. There's so that's many why... scenes with the Raptors that are like that. It was weird oh. to see like because you know that joke played well in '93, but when I went to the theater to see this 3D version, that joke didn't play well, and it was a very like odd moment like I can't wait for this scene to end because this kid is just staring out at the audience like with nothing going on you know it's very uncomfortable yeah it was just like I mean that is like a kid's moment well yeah and there, there's uh, you know the the car is falling down the tree and Dr. Grant and Tim are climbing down the tree yeah, that's the best moment they climb all the way down and the car finally gets to the bottom like oh we're safe and then the car starts to tip towards them so they run and they hide and you have this it's not chaplin it's buster keaton buster keaton moment where the car falls on them and they they're actually safe because they're within the cockpit of the car and then the dialogue that you hear is tim going and we're back in the car you know like and in that moment, that's only for the audience in the theater watching yeah. this movie because mm-hmm. nobody in that situation is going to be like, and we're back in the car. And you know, I mean, like, we're there, back in the car. there's these moments all the way through it. And the again, I have to go back to the T Rex where he's roaring and the, the ribbon falls down, the, the banner oh, yeah. that says, Dinosaurs rule the world. That's a poster shot. That's there that's, for fucking posters. Well, that is awesome. That's what I'm talking about. Dude, that, that was awesome, awesome though. Yep. That's the black. That's better than the moments. jokes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Things like that is better than the jokes. As and, long as it's an image that's impactful, because that's what these people do, right? Right. That's yeah. what they are. They're image makers, not like script writers. Yeah, and <laughs> don't get me wrong. I mean, those moments I like. I like a lot, but like that is to me is what defines a blockbuster movie. That's why you go to the theater to see something so you can laugh with you know these oh that is what makes a... or or you can well for me it it helps it's not like a definition of what a blockbuster <laughs> movie is but i mean like that's you gotta see shit blowing up you don't you don't see that in like uh terrence malick film you know i mean like you don't have like these moments where like hey this is for the audience that's watching this it's like it's it's creative and it's a, it's a good movie and I really I really like this movie, but uh, a lot of times, you know, there's there's these moments that they're they're just like mugging to the camera, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I don't even know why I brought it up, but <laughs> it's it's cool. Is it it's, breaking the fourth wall. It's Is definitely that what breaking we're doing? the fourth yeah. wall. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. We're aware that there's somebody watching us, and we're making jokes. Yeah, specifically. Yeah. I no, I, I mean, I think I think like, every last, Michael Bay last week, like, like character, like Man of Steel, I think did it a lot too. There's a lot of moments where it's like all those movies. These are like it. fucking They're... poster moments. Like this is like the shit that you're gonna fucking put on your poster, where it's just like 
the you know the shot of like you know Man of Steel, and he's like in chains, like that's a poster shot. But that's is he a, talking about jokes? You're talking about. I'm you're talking, talking about, about jokes. Character moments where they seem to address the audience. Yeah. And, I think though, when dinosaurs rule the world, is a joke. You know, it's I mean, a jo- it's totally a joke. I'm talking about like in the last world. There's well, okay. I'm missing the obvious one. It's you know objects in the rearview mirror may appear closer. That is hilarious. Though. That's a fun joke. That that is to me. That's clever. That yeah. That that, might, <laughs> that actually might be yeah. I mean clever. that that's that's what like defines like a Spielberg blockbuster movie because it's like that's kind of what defines like a family film, right? So it's like they're there for like people. I think to be that's like, what defines well, a blockbuster. I don't know. That's just a, what they, so it's like. Ha 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 ha! We can kind of laugh. It's like a moment when like you have a high intensity tension moment of the T Rex coming in closely chasing, but when you see the objects in the in the rearview mirror and you see that joke, you're like, <laughs> it takes the tension out of it. And yeah. It, yeah. You know, Actually, it, here you go. It separates it from being like a, a horror movie. You Th- know? Well, I, I even think that, and Colin, I'll let you talk in a minute, but I, I think that that even separates it from like, uh, that makes it a, 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 a bigger movie or a better movie than like, say something like, uh, uh, like Requiem for a Dream. You're not going to get like any moments of Jesus levity, Christ. you know? I mean, you're, you're... Yeah, but Requiem for a Dream is not like a blockbuster. I mean, no, but these films, I mean, this is the but distinction, that, I think. that's I think, what that separates it. Is you've it got, like, you've got movies that are, I mean, I don't want, yeah, I guess it does sound pretentious if you say that they're, they're artist-driven, where it's like, I have this story and it's burning inside me and I want to tell it, and this is something that, you know, Dirty. I'm going to let you watch or let you into it. And then you have the movies like Jurassic Park or, you know, Transformers or whatever the fuck it is, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean, where it's more like... This we are making this to be. We are aware that this is going to be entertainment for a mass audience. It's kind of like yeah. you know, it, we're playing for the cheap seats. I mean, we yeah. want to fucking you know everybody's going to get something out of this. It's just when you're in the hands of Spielberg, he's able to do it with enough like, craft and intelligence <laughs> that like it's not a fucking shitty. You know, like we're just making money off of it, but. He is, but he's you know like aware of that and layer, layering it with enough craft. Right. And I, the think same man, I think complexity. Man of Steel had some of those moments too. Where they, I mean, I mean, it's well, it's like, a superhero movie. If I it's mean, a blockbuster, it's going to have those right. moments. They have like I mean, it's 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 just like it, it's it's true. You know, Spielberg, and especially with like Jurassic Park, he's making a movie for you. He's not making a movie for him. He's making a movie for you and you and you and you. And well, you. he knows how to entertain you, the same way that that uh, Stephen King can entertain you with a book. You know, he he does know how. He knows exactly what buttons to push to make you scared, to make you, you know, that suspenseful feeling. The and then yeah, like you say, he does he does lay in those those uh, moments of levity or laughter, and that's I think what makes him a a. A better well, even that's what I think makes the whole yeah. It, it, that's what makes Steven Spielberg a better director and a better movie maker than most, just because he's able to do that. I mean, all the greats Scott can do that. Do like Ridley Scott creates blockbusters, but when Ridley Scott makes a film, it's like, boom! I'm serious, like 100 percent of the time. 
There's no moments of... I got the idea that it felt like Prometheus was made for an audience. I mean, you know, it's I, like I Spielberg... Think, that's why I'm curious, if you were to interview like, Spielberg, and maybe somebody has already done this, if you asked him, like, of all your movies, what's your favorite one? Like, would it be Munich, Schindler's List, uh, Amistad, Color Purple, you know? <clears throat> you know, he's going to lean toward, like, because I made those movies for me. Yeah. Whereas oh. Jurassic Park, you know, I actually think he said, I think the year, because Jurassic Park and Schindler's List came out the same year, and, you know, Schindler's List came out toward the end of the year, and I saw him on, like, a year-end wrap-up say something like, I would have traded the whole, you know, Jurassic Park dinosaur phenomenon for, you know, the important message, or whatever, the, the important, you know, what we're trying to get across with Schindler's List. Right. Or bring back, or dredge up, or, you know, whatever we were doing with that. Yeah. So I'm pretty, you know, I mean, that's, I guess, that's also the thing, I guess, that you're talking about. It's like, this is for, this is for you. Yeah. Those other ones were for me. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Those are but, my favorite. I mean, I better. think that's what me. makes it better. I mean, like, I mean, like, what defines a better filmmaker? Are you made, that's I mean, a, it, that's just is it, subjective. Is it, is yeah, it subjective? I mean, do you like movies that are made for the filmmaker himself, or do you like them more for the audience? Like, I, I tend to be more for the audience. I think. I go for the filmmaker himself. You. Yeah, I mean the ones that he <laughs> yeah. made for himself. If you're on his wavelength, then you're gonna like those. But I think you know. Yeah, it's a subjective. Thing. I think you're truer to something if you make it for yourself than if you make it for other people. Yeah. Because to be for everybody, to be for the general audience, is going to dumb your movie down. It's going to be less specific about yeah. things. It's I, going I, to. There was this movie called Battleship. Okay. Well, that was just a bad idea. I don't even know if that has anything. <laughs> but I mean, that's that is the that's that, that idea. That, that's the that's the worst example I could think of. I guess of that, we're like, yeah, I'm gonna making this movie for them, and I've got absolutely nothing in it at all for me. Or like, like I, or like something like, I, like okay, Aeon Flux, mm-hmm. where you're talking about you're talking about a a, a a popular animation because it has an art style. It has a certain look to it. So then the movie people, they think they're so smart, and they're like, well, that's the cartoon art style. We know what the general audience likes, but they just dole it down to this boring, boring, like, not, I mean, you can barely even call it a generic sci-fi film. I mean, just boring, just dull. So it's like, well, fucking how did that go, you know, making things for the general audience? Some things are just for certain people. You know, that's the only way things are unique. Yeah, and I think that that's more like studios just wanting to make money. I mean, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but the Resident Evil movies are the same way, where like they take they have this name Resident Evil, and then they're gonna go make money off of it, and it's gonna be a pile of shit, but they're gonna still, you know, (laughs) that opening weekend is gonna be pretty good. Where and okay now well let's talk about that too because this movie Jurassic Park seems to franchise out a lot. I mean we have a lot of situations in in this plot that kind of are just out there. You know they're dangling. Like we have the whole Dennis Nedry situation where he's stealing the DNA and he's gonna sell it to whoever. Right? Yeah, we don't even know. Well, so that's, yeah, yeah, that's and, to be explored. And that kind of goes awry, and we see the canister of shaving cream with the DNA in it fall in the mud. And then we have the uh, oh man. Yeah, but it wasn't until like 20 years later that Telltale's like alright. 
All right, let's develop this story. Let's, but I mean, that was the same time when it was like thirty years later. Where they're like, "All right, we'll 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 do something with Back to the Future too." You know, <laughs> we'll finish off that story as well. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, all these people again. It's a J.J. Abrams type situation where these people that went into the video game making field, uh, developing video games, they they're they're our age or our generation they grew up with these movies and now they have the opportunity to expand on them you know in in the video game world and hell yeah i'd love to t have that opportunity you know i mean make a back to the future game it already happened and i'm not a video game developer so that'll never happen but uh yeah i i, I don't know i i think that jurassic park um is like the perfect model for uh, uh, making a, a franchise movie. Um, also, well, kids love dinosaurs, man. Also, yeah, well, like uh, every, yeah. every kid, you know? Well, dinosaur movies... If you fucking love dinosaurs, right? I mean, ever since we started making movies, dinosaur movies, I mean, ever since. I mean, the first cart... The first... Uh, well, I don't want to say the first cartoon. Well, the first, the first American animated is a dinosaur, a black and white dinosaur. Mm -hmm. Some, something the brontosaurus. The Lost remember. World, the Arthur Conan Doyle. That was one of the first. That was in the twenties. Yeah, yeah. Dinosaur. Yeah. I mean, Kong. that's why they put I mean, in King a, Kong. He's on a dinosaur. Island. Dude, dinosaur yeah. Dinosaurs in movies. We just always had a fascination with dinosaurs mm -hmm. and seeing them animated. They go hand in hand. You'll never see them in real life. Never. They're, they're a weird fantasy creature where it's not like a dragon that never existed. It's like this thing at some point did actually walk in the earth, and we'll never see it. It's yeah. weird, you know. It's like. Right. At yeah. one point, there were fucking these giant monsters <laughs> and walking on the surface of the earth. It's right? interesting that uh, in this movie, we haven't really talked about a character who is so adept, or so, uh, he's an expert on the hunting patterns of raptors. Um, I don't even know what his name is. He's, he, he knows everything there is to know about it, a raptor. I think it's he's Nigel. Got, is it Nigel? I don't know. <laughs> he, he's got like this weird connection. What is up with the, I, I, oh, the, the raptor cage down? Even Nedry knew not to disengage the raptor fences. But every line out of his mouth is like, "What's up with the raptor cages? The raptor cages are right." And I'll hunt you like funny lines. I mean, I guess that's all exposition. But man, this time watching it, it's like this character is really interesting. Like his his passion and his knowledge and his experience with raptors and like dinosaurs weren't around however long you know when did they start this project like a couple of years or maybe like how long yeah, does it take like for a, a raptor hunter or something prior to this so yeah, he's I just think, basing that they, like, cheetahs and whatever don't they like expand on that and like Lost World, because like one of the people in Lost World, like one of the people on that expedition, he's a big game hunter. Yeah, he's like a straight yeah. up big like I like I am only on this exposition to yeah. fucking hunt a T Rex. But people That's have it. like these these are dinosaurs. Nobody like really saw patterns. But, well, hunting. but he probably right from the time that uh, Hammond started growing them. It's probably his job to, mm -hmm. to so how, track their patterns and shit like well, that. Well, he's like, he's like the head of, uh, I mean, he's basically Security like carrot feeding. or whatever. No, he was, well, I got he was like the, the like gamesman. The, the right, park right? ranger. Right, yeah, yeah, park, yeah. Yeah. But, like, so how many years are we talking about? How, how many years has this park been in development uh, at this fuck. point? Uh, you know, I mean, 65 million years. How long it takes years. to grow a full-size <laughs> yes. giant? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, who knows? It's top secret. An, an <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
But uh, I'm sure as soon as they started developing, they had to buy, you know, had to pay for a dude to don't start. Don't forget you know. Island, Island 2, <laughs> which they were developing at the same time as Island. That was, oh, well, that oh. was the test Is that the island. one with the pirates on it? Oh, that was the island. <laughs> uh-huh. You should listen to that podcast as well. That's what I'm talking about, franchises. Yeah. Franchising. <laughs> Uh, well, I, I, yeah, so ultimately what I'm trying to get down to is that The Lost World is a film that I'll always hold near and dear to my heart. Lost World? Or, yeah, I was going to say. Dr- what Dr- the fuck? <laughs> Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park is, uh, a, roller coaster here. I don't know. is a favorite, and I, I really, really like it and recommend it a lot. Check it out if you haven't seen it. I don't know why you haven't. You should probably watch it right now after you finish this podcast. And then watch Lost World. No. Don't. Yeah, check out Just Lost don't. World. Wait for Jurassic World All and hope it's three. good. And four of them. Yeah, Jurassic World. Coming soon, 2015. Jurassic Park 3 with fuck. fucking Super Dinosaur. Yep. All right, so that wraps up this exciting episode of the Saturday Night Freak Show. That means that Tom is picking next week's movie. Tom, what are you going to show us next week? I'm going to show Gremlins. Kind of keeping with the Steven Spielberg Spielbergian era, he produced it. Well, yeah, I mean, I, uh, it's it's it, it's nearing Christmas time, so I'm uh, getting my Christmas pick out of the way early. Oh, uh, there you go. All right, well then, tune in for Gremlins next week again. You can email us Saturday Night Freak Show at yahoo.com if we got any of our facts wrong. That's what you people love to do. Fact them. check us. Our website Saturday Night Freak Show or you can find all of our previous episodes, which are also hosted on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, and Pod Bay FM. And find us on Facebook.com at Saturday Night Freak Show. And until next week, may the Schwartz be with you.